Hello and welcome to the Nashville Daily Podcast. I'm Stuart Deming. And I'm Aaron Pennington. If you've ever wondered if you are supporting a local economy by eating, drinking, and shopping downtown, a new report gives us the breakdown. Nashville is now facing a lawsuit from the party bus community challenging the newest regulations. Plus, will the East Bank be a community that you can truly live, work, and play in? We'll talk about all of this and more on Nashville Daily. have been uh, covering the new East Bank renderings and essentially report that has been released by Metro Nashville. Today, we're going to be looking at the different neighborhoods, I guess you could call them. They're, they're kind of broken into even sections right now. So with neighborhoods in their early stages, we'll see if they'll hold. We'll talk about the different areas of the East Bank and where it extends to also how transportation, <laughs> transportation and entertainment, the transportainment industry is uh, filing a lawsuit against Nashville. We're going to be talking about that and some more here in just a bit. Uh, but if you are thinking Nashville like we are on a daily basis, we're thinking Nashville daily. That's if true. If you're thinking Nashville, think Brad. And of course, we are talking about our wonderful sponsor, Brad Reynolds. You can find Brad over at thinkbrad.com. You can call or text him 615 856 3270. He's a Nashville-based realtor closing in on $200 million in sales. He knows Nashville real estate like nobody else. If you want to learn about some existing neighborhoods in Nashville and what the real estate is like in those areas, you can check out Brad's YouTube channel at Think Brad. You can uh, subscribe there and learn more over at thinkbrad.com. Call or text him 615-856-3270. All right, so there is a report that just came out from WKRN. Uh, This actually came out August 17th, and it was updated last week on August 31st. Uh, But it's basically a report of how much retail dining uh, in downtown Nashville is really affecting the downtown economy. Yeah, so if you've ever wondered if you're going into this, is you know, a lot for visitors may not know this. You're going into a honky tonk or to a retail shop. How much of that is chain? How much of that is local? Um, And so we have a breakdown now. And I think this is actually pretty cool to see because as we're talking about the East Bank, we know, oh, okay, maybe the percentages are going to be close to the same for the East Bank. So according to WKRN, uh, the second quarter market conditions report from the Nashville Downtown Partnership, they break down the retail and restaurant operators. It shows that 77% of them are locally based, which is pretty big, I believe. Uh, 11% are national and 12 are regional, uh, which I would almost call local, um, depending on what they're defining by regional. If they just mean the Southeast or Nashville uh, or, or Tennessee wide. So I, I don't exactly know um, what they're calling regional, but if, if you're, if you count regional, and local, that's a total of 89% in the downtown core for restaurants and retail operators. You know, the biggest one that took that percentage down real quick is all the shops in Fifth and Broad. Oh, yeah. A lot of them uh, really kind of took that down. 
but fifth and broad is an amazing place. And so if you took away fifth and broad, I would say most, it's probably a 95% of the retail and restaurants in, uh, in, in the downtown partnership are local. So let's talk about dining options in downtown Nashville. As of the second quarter, there's 339 dining options, 130 wow. shopping options, wow. 139 nightlife options. Wow. <laughs> and in the second quarter of 2022, 31 new additional retail and restaurants uh, plan to open in 2022. The vacancy rate is 2.6%. And the total retail square footage in downtown Nashville is 3.6 million square feet. Uh, wow. if, you, if you don't mind throwing up this little graph real quick, this is how much sales tax revenue has come in uh, in the second quarter. Now, you're reading that, right? That's $134 million in sales tax coming in from downtown Nashville restaurants and retail wow. stores. Wow. That's insane. That is pretty crazy. Well, one thing that downtown uh is downtown nashville is not perfect it, it has its issues one of those things that's a hot button issue for downtown nashville is the transportainment industry um it used to be scooters now everybody's moved on to party buses uh, things like the party buses the trolleys all that kind of stuff the uh, the pedal taverns and those kinds of things if you've been following this podcast you, you'll know that uh, new rules and regulations uh, are in effect for these party buses, these larger tour buses, and uh, and also the pedal taverns. They they've had their rules for quite a while now. It's the party buses' turn, according to really Mayor Cooper. Um, and so there have been new regulations and, and permits you had to uh, apply for, and only so many were allotted. Uh, it is this huge mess. But now um, there are a few entities that are kind of representing the entire party bus community, uh, such as Nashville Party Barge, Honky Tonk Party Express. Uh, they are among some of those who are challenging these new rules for Nashville streets. According to the Nashville Post, uh, several company offering boozy tours of Nashville on converted buses, uh, boats, tractor, you know, those things that are all kind of made up to be on wheels and go downtown are suing Metro government in an effort to reverse new regulations imposed earlier this year on the so-called transportainment industry. Uh, the latest lawsuit filed Monday in Davidson County Chancery Court by the business behind the National Party Barge Vehicles argues that the Metropolitan Transportation Licensing Commission improperly capped the company's operating permits at four compared to an asked for eight in an arbitrary and capricious denial. The litigation follows a month-long process in which the Metropolitan Transportation Licensing Commission at Mayor John Cooper's urging, which I just referenced earlier, and armed with new authorities granted by the state legislature and Metro Council, began issuing permits and limiting the number of entertainment vehicles allowed on the Nashville streets. Well, I think uh, so. We have the episode in the show notes. Uh, but I think we just show this photo real quick. This is the initial name <laughs> that we are going to do for uh, the episode. And I'll just let you read that. So instead of us saying that, <laughs> uh, but we ended up changing the title of it, but we still kept that uh, <laughs> thing in there. Uh, so it's just, it's really interesting to see. And I've heard from a lot of different operators in town. They're just like, the city really has in a sense, screwed them over because they already had the vehicles and yeah. yeah. That, that, you're exactly right. So in Nashville Party Barge, in their complaint, uh, they said they bought three new vehicles prior to being granted just four of its eight requested permits. Um, 
Either either the company argues that Metro did not have a maximum number of permits available and denied theirs irrationally, arbitrarily, and capriciously, or Metro did have a maximum number of permits available and did not have any rational basis or objective criteria from which to issue them. Rather, the lawsuit continues Metro awarded permits to qualified applicants seemingly at random. So what are what are what is being asked of Nashville here? Nashville Party Barge is asking the court to reverse Metro's denial and issue the company an additional four vehicle permits. Um, so this is so that's uh, one of three lawsuits that the Nashville Post is talking about. <laughs> that's very true. Uh, Honky Tonk Party Express filed two related claims against Metro on August 27. The company was granted 17 permits, five for sightseeing only, 12 for entertainment transportation. After requesting 35 Which they have a permits. huge inventory of, of buses. Uh, a hearing to consider the company's request for temporary injunction is scheduled for sep- uh, September 6th. In its lawsuit, Honky Tonk Party Express describes the licensing commission's process as illegal, arbitrary, capricious, over uh, uh, overregulation of the entertainment transportation industry. Yeah. So that's going to be very interesting to see. I wonder if what there's going to be a live stream that. of it tomorrow. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> that's something I think I, I would be fascinated in watching. Yeah. So uh, what we're also fascinated with is uh, local food here in Nashville. While I did not have local food, I, I did have local coffee. Down in the factory in Franklin where major renovations are taking place, I went to Honest Coffee Roasters. Um, which it was the middle of the day. Nobody was there. It was fantastic. That's rare. Able in Franklin? To, yeah. That's rare. Uh, well, nobody was in the, like, nobody's in, in line the factory, at the coffee yeah. shop. Um, and it was, it was a very, you know, weird time to, to go, kind of midday on a Saturday. It, it really wasn't that busy. Uh, but the factory's going major renovations, so Jenny's is not in its, Jenny's is not operating there right now. The Made in Tennessee store has moved. So a lot of stuff has moved to make way for the renovations. And uh, but I had some great coffee at Honest Coffee, and they always put out some some great coffee. But if you've never been, um, they have uh, they they roast down there at their Franklin location. Uh huh. So you know they're getting some fresh stuff. It smells delicious <laughs> all throughout the factory. It, it really does. It's a great place to be and hang out. Lots of natural light. Um, just a just a great atmosphere at that Honest Coffee Roasters location down in the factory. In Franklin. All right, let's head over to Explorers Nashville tip of the day. For Explorers Nashville tip of the day, it's a great day to have some biscuits, and some of the best biscuits in town is at Loveless Cafe. And uh, I would highly recommend going during the week because Saturdays and Sundays can be insanely busy, uh, but you can get some delicious biscuits and they also have biscuits with like different types of meats. And then they have this omelet bowl. That's amazing. They have this barbecue, uh, barbecue pulled pork omelet that is to die for. And they also have some really like good drink selections that pair really well with their food. I think they they said they make around ten thousand biscuits a day. That's a lot of biscuits for a lot of their food, uh, especially the, the biscuits, the jam, uh, even some of the meats. If you really like it, they have a kind of a general store um, on site where you can go and grab that stuff. Plus, a, a lot of other goodies 
if you are uh, wanting to to really rack up on the on the loveless merch and stuff like that they have a lot of that there so i even the biscuits they have frozen biscuits which you can take home uh, they they've got a lot of stuff if you're really enjoying some uh, loveless cafe food merch and uh, all that kind of stuff so make sure to check it out if you haven't yet they've changed their hours they used to be open super early for that early morning breakfast now it's just uh 8 a.m 8 a.m which is not that early for a breakfast place so uh go grab some loveless on a on a great off day here in nashville it's over on the west side of town that is explores nashville tip of the day Today's episode of Nashville Daily is in part brought to you by Bowtie Barber Club. Look at our hair. It's looking fresh and cut. Look at your hair. Nice. It is. It's fresh. Yeah. It's I have, cut. It's nice. I have product in my hair. That's a, a rare occurrence for me. And we went to Bowtie Barber Club. We got our hair did and I got my beard trim. There you go. It looks fantastic. If you're looking for a great uh, experience here in Nashville, it's in the Donaldson community. You can get some great coffee and great food because there's a lot of those options in the Donaldson area. Um, but check out Bo- Bowtie Barber Club at bowtiebarberclub.com. All right. So the last few days, uh, including last week and some days this week, uh, we are deep into the East Bank document. And this was a document that came out from Metro Nashville. It's 81 pages, and we have covered a large variety of this document. But today we're going into and we're going to walk through, hypothetically, these neighborhoods actually don't exist, uh, but we're going to walk through the four neighborhoods that are going to define the East Bank. And I think we need to come up with our own names as well. Uh, For some of these neighborhoods. Yeah, because one one or two of these names, you're just like that. Come on, that's boring. (laughs) Uh, But before we get started into the neighborhoods, we need to show where these neighborhoods are going to be located and their general names as of right now. So uh, to define the area, the Korean Vets Bridge, right? The bottom of that Korean Vets Bridge, north of that, all the way to Jefferson Street, is defined right now as the East Bank. So, uh, funny enough, River North is not the East Bank. It's not because it's called River North. Because it's called River North, and it's pretty much just Oracle's it's campus. right here where this little thing is yep. in the middle. So, closer to the Shelby Street Bridge, we have what's called Shelby's Bend, uh, according to this document. And then from Shelby's Bend, it ends at the Pedestrian Bridge, um, and then we go from oh, that's, the that's Korean veterans. That's Korean vets. Okay, yeah. so I was thinking. Okay, yes, Korean so from the interstate to the Korean vets bridge mm-hmm. is Shelby's Bend. Basically, the entire site of PSC Metals. Correct. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. so that's a good way to put it. Um, from Korean vets bridge to the Woodland Street Bridge. Yep, is Central Waterfront. So yeah. Woodland Street and the Woodland Street that's Bridge. An okay, name. Central Waterfront. Yeah, it, uh, not a huge huge fan of it. From the Woodland Street Bridge to... I don't even know what street that is. That is the... Those are the railroad tracks, yeah, I believe. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's that are going tracks. across the river. Yep. Um, that is Capital Crossings. That name is terrible. I, I understand it. Yeah. I understand the name. It's okay. Probably could do better. Um, and then from the railroad tracks over to Jefferson Street is Jefferson Spring uh not eh, sold on it not, not sold on it yeah the only I, there's only one of the four names i like shelby's bend 
I, d- I do like it, Shelby's Bend. It goes into Shelby Park and then Shelby Bottoms and all that stuff. The other three names I am not fully sold on. Uh, I do like something waterfront. I don't think calling it Central Waterfront, though, uh, would be a proper name for that area. Yeah, I, I don't know either. And, and uh, we had an episode about a week and a half ago where we asked people to uh, help us kind of name this area that goes along the current Davidson Street. Um, and then I, I believe somebody said... Can we call it East Davidson? Which is a great I name. I think that's a fantastic name. But Jake, that, that Jacob, be, Jacob Wise named this East Davidson. So that, that I think would that's be, awesome. That would be near Shelby's Bend on the other side of the interstate, though, uh, East Davidson. So let us know in the comments what should the other nicknames be. I, like Jefferson Spring and Capitol Crossing and Central Waterfront. I think there could be something there with the waterfront. Yeah. I just, I'm not too big of a fan of Central. Uh, waterfront East even sounds better than waterfront Central Waterfront. East. Yeah. The Waterfront Village. Villas. Villas. <laughs> I don't know. But what, what, what are going to be the size of these suckers? Uh, so the Capital Crossings is going to be 75 acres. Jefferson Spring is 50 acres. The Central Waterfront is 120 acres. And Shelby's Bend is going to be 90 acres. Yes. Uh, so I, I don't think there's anything. If you want to pause and read uh, some of these uh you know, there's a current conditions and future conditions section of these. Most of the current conditions, it's all industrial. Future conditions, hey, parking lots. It's live, work, play, eat. Yeah, that's there we ex- go. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> uh, so the only other thing we wanted to highlight in particular is the key uh, key sites. That's what they're calling them, or the main sites that are going to be found through the East Bank. Uh, so number one is going to be right at Jefferson street. This is the Jefferson street gateway. That's what they're calling Let, it. So let's go ahead and zoom into that Jefferson street gateway. Uh, they say this is going to be a visually prominent gateway to mark the significance of the Jefferson street corridor on the East bank. That's, that's what nice, they're envisioning nice there. Road sign. <laughs> really nice road sign. Jefferson well, it's street. a good entrance into East bank Boulevard. Hopefully. Well, the boulevard is going to be up a little bit more. That's oh, that's be, true. That's going to be Waterside Drive. Oh, so that's going to be uh, before so, East Bank Boulevard. That's that's right. Yeah. So number two is the East Bank Boulevard and BRT. Um, uh, is that the BRT is like the fast track, like lanes or something? Bus rapid transit, I believe, is what okay. BRT is. Um, number three, key sites to, uh, to see in these neighborhoods is the, uh, uh, almost said the wrong one. The Jefferson Spring Layback. That's a uh, we'll, and we'll have to dumb name. Go to a new chapter on here to figure out what that is. We may get to that here in a bit. Number four. This is what we were talking about earlier: the intersection of Capitol Crossings um, and the Jefferson Spring area. This is the historic rail bridge. Um, so they say if the railroad is rerouted, we talked about this yesterday. If you didn't listen or, to uh, yesterday's Thursday's episode. What day is it? Today's Monday. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. If we on Thursday's episode, that's right, because we talked about nicknames on Friday. Um, we talked about the transportainment or uh, the trans. Uh, I'm thinking of transportation. Trans- we, Orchestra. The, the transportation side of things. Yeah. Um, and they could reroute some CSX rail lines for these neighborhoods. And if that is rerouted, this structure, which was built in 1931, uh, could be reused, and I think that could that be... That would be an incredible pedestrian bridge. I think that would be fantastic that would to be, reuse that in some 
way capacity. similar to that. Yes. Have, like have restaurants next to it. Like, yeah, that could be really significant. Uh, so what is number five? Let me find number five. Wow, that, that is up that's something even in the East Bank. Why is no? It's the East this? Nashville Greenway. So that's coming into uh, the East Bank. Okay. Same with number six is the Ellington Parkway arrival that that already exists, and but, so they're probably going to branch that out into a third section uh, to to go into East Bank Boulevard. Yeah, we covered that on Thursday's episode with the Ellington Parkway connecting into the East Bank. So let's what, what's let me find seven? some more interesting stuff. Number nine. Let's go to number nine. All right, number nine. Uh, the East Bank Mobility Hub. We covered that in the uh, transportation section as well. Thursday's episode. Uh, number 10, we have not talked about yet. A cultural terrace. This is in chapter eight. So we'll probably get to this a little bit later in our East Bank evaluations. Uh, number 11, the Titan Stadium and Stadium Village. We'll, we'll talk about Stadium Village and, and that kind of stuff here in a second with comparisons to other cities. Um, number 12 is going to be the East Bank Park. Okay. Um, Central Waterfront Layback is what they're also uh, calling it. And then number 13, this will be interesting, the John Dollar Pedestrian Bridge extension so it looks like they're ex they'll extend it to the actual east bank no that's to, the, to, to the stadium so over yeah so that's going to be it'll go second avenue south and then it goes over the east bank the east bank wow. boulevard yeah that's fancy dancy yeah, that will be fantastic that um, so john siegenthaler the pedestrian bridge is already one of the longest pedestrian bridges out there yeah so that that may make it the longest <laughs> in the world it, it, that would be interesting to see all right, number uh, fifteen is the Shelby Ben Shelby's Ben Layback. I'm, I'm I'm not fans of these names. I know. Um, and that's uh that's it. That's interesting out of that list. The other stuff, you know, not too not too interesting to to talk about and go into further details on. So we we read the rest of this part of the article and we're just like, okay, we're we're not talking about any of this because we we want to cast some vision here of what we can foresee happening. And so we're, we're going to go to other cities now. So we are departing Nashville. Greg is hanging from. Greg's having a time. Yeah, he is. He is all over the country right now, guys. <laughs> he, he is on the hot air balloon. It's like this fast traveling hot air balloon. All right. So, so Stuart, you chose this first place to, to mention and, and look at. You chose parts of Boston. Can you talk about this? Yeah. So where we are in Boston right now is considered East Boston. There's the. Uh, awful Boston skyline rendering that's taking forever to load. Uh, but this is a really interesting area. So this is like all of their big piers back in the day. And as you can see from these Google images, uh, these piers have been abandoned, which uh, they, I know they've been in the process of restoring them. But right here, like on this strip, so you have a lot of like park fronts and then you have a lot of like local restaurants here in Boston. It's a, it's a really cool area to walk around. Uh, you have your sailing club here. So what, what I'm what I'm trying to see in this is how the green spaces and the thing about the Cumberland River is we don't have room for piers like this. That these, is correct. These piers maybe are some huge, some, some miniature piers. Yeah, but maybe like some little overlaying piers that go over, but that are a little higher up in elevation that are closer to the pedestrian bridge. Oh, interesting. So that's that's, that's one area that I can I you want imagine to if we had some. Uh, major it, it wouldn't work because of the ships mm -hmm. and and boats that would have to pass through there but some major park space just above the cumberland river oh, that'd yeah. be cool wouldn't work but it'd be cool but there's I, I think it's right in this area uh there's this incredible australian restaurant in one of these mixed-use buildings and it was absolutely delicious but it's been years since i've had that australian restaurant so i have no idea if they exist in boston 
but just having uh, this access to this close to the bay and to the river. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, restaurants and stuff, those are key. Like, those are going to bring the people out. So, an- another area that we mentioned already in this series is the piers or pe- the piers in New York City on the Brooklyn side. Did you find of those New York soccer City. fields? Yeah, I did. I'm looking, oh, at, I'm looking those... at it right now. Oh, that's awesome. So, th- this pier that we're looking at is Pier 5. And they've converted all of this area into soccer fields. Can we spear? Can we send Greg down there, Greg? Uh, we'll, we'll send it. We'll we'll get a sky view and then we'll go down there. Greg, go down because this is just so cool. Yeah, so, of an area. Uh, I guess they walked down here. Maybe I don't know. So there, there's Manhattan in the distance, and then you on the other side of these concrete barriers, you have the soccer fields. But what's really, really cool is the, just the amount of park space that's down here. Greg, yeah. can't, Greg can't walk right it now. It was he, just one long park that that really and, and walkway. It was it's huge. That that concrete from the fields to the road. Yep. Just a huge long um, kind of concrete area that allowed you to walk um, from one place to the other without getting in roads or having to jump in the pier or anything like that. And then, and then pier jump th- in the water. Pier three is like the a local park in Brooklyn. So like, there's just so many opportunities to really, really utilize what's going to be right at the, like the front of the river. And another really good example in this, now we're going, uh, South of Tennessee. And Greg is booking he, it. I don't know how he's doing this. Uh, but now we're, we're in Miami. Welcome to Miami. (laughs) Welcome to Miami. uh, Here is just a great example of what they really did with this canal that goes through almost downtown Miami. And so you have these incredibly large skyscrapers, which are way larger than what Nashville has. Yes, Um, they look they're amazing. They're monsters compared to what Nashville has. (laughs) Uh, But then you, you go into that bay right there, but they really utilized this entire canal. And then you have all of their, their they have the, the taxis, the water taxis. Yeah, similar to, have, I mean, this reminds me of Chicago a little bit. Yeah, they have the park spaces on the, the right and the left of it. And then they also have the restaurants. It's just an incredible example of what the East Bank could really be. All right. So we, we talked about the, I, I said, we'll go back to the stadium uh, side of things here in a second, that stadium uh, village. One, one place that a lot of people have said, over and over and over again is, hey, this place is really cool. It's the area around the Chicago Cubs stadium. Mm-hmm. That area is kind of like its own little thing. Let's do that. Let's go to Chicago real quick and, and take a look at that um, while we're talking about it. It's, I, I've heard that over and over again. I've still really not been to the area. I've been to Wrigley Field, but it's been so long. They haven't really experienced that area um, but if, if there's something that reminds you or a city that you think the East Bay could emulate in parts of that, send that Google map link for Greg down in the comments. Yeah, we'd love to see kind of the vision of what you think as well. Uh, so, Stuart, I'll go ahead and put your uh, your screen on here. And uh, uh, we're just sending Greg up and down. But uh, this is the you'll have to kind of walk me through this because I don't really know this area too well. Uh, I, I don't either, but I know a lot of people talk about the developments that basically happen because of the baseball stadium. So if you come over here, it's just a bunch of like restaurants and, and this is surrounded on all sides of the stadium. Okay. And so you just have a bunch of restaurants that are across the streets and then 
And so they've really utilized this area to allow to accommodate pedestrians going into that area. Very cool. Uh, and one other thing that we wanted to show, um, this was, you know, we're, we're getting a bunch of, this isn't necessarily uh, stadium related, but this is neighborhood related um, because we are talking about the four neighborhoods in here. Um, and we talked about transportainment and, or just transportation in general on Thursday. One of the things that was very interesting, uh, to I've, I've been to new Orleans several times down by their river. They have a train that goes essentially from a major, uh, area where people can get on these, these boats and these ferries and, and things like that. Um, and then go from one side of the French quarters to somewhere that's actually, I think, a, pretty far past the French quarters yep. into the neighborhoods and get off there. And it just kind of goes back and forth. Um, and it's it's very easy to access. We'll put this here on the screen. One of the uh, one of the stations down by the St. Louis Cathedral, Cafe Du Monde in New Orleans, kind of in that area. And there are just two train tracks. Trains just go back and forth and, and forth. And it's really, really easy. Yeah to to access and to think um Stuart and I were talking about this was yesterday or something like that with the East Bank Boulevard being really a straight shot north and south there could be a few options to put something in to make it even easier than rapid bus transit you could have a rail line if you wanted to also do rapid bus transit that's fine I also think uh like in Chicago how they have the the L train over there, it's elevated yeah. in some portions of the, of the city. And you could uh, possibly elevate above the East bank Boulevard and have some transportation options where that line is going from the North part of the uh, East bank to the South part of the East bank. Theoretically, the end goal in my opinion would be to go all around the Cumberland. Uh, yeah, just, just just circling around yep. the Cumberland, uh, going from Opry area, and then circling around the the Cumberland head to Shelby Bottoms, to the East Bank, to the Riverside development uh, on the top corner, heading into West Nashville. Yeah, it, it should go. But yeah, basically the entire length of the Cumberland. But the East Bank is in Nashville. Yeah, the East Bank is the place to start something like this. But. The question I have is, do they have that much foresight? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It, <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, I, because I don't think the future of national transportation solely relies on the buses. No. Um, and I don't, I think the, the waterway could help, but there's, there's too many people um, in Nashville for that to fit everybody for just buses and waterways. And so I, I would have really liked some maybe here's some hopeful plans for the future. Um, because if we continue to rely solely on roads, mm -hmm. we're going to be Atlanta and nobody wants that. That's very true. And so I, I, I would, I think you're right. I, I don't know if there's there. I mean, there's obviously a lot of, of thought about the future here, but I, I just, I, it makes me wonder where did those conversations go? Mm -hmm. and do they exist? Did they exist? How did they get squashed? Why did they get squashed? Is it even a possibility? I don't know. I have no idea. Let us know in the comments. If you're a uh, 
civil engineer and you do designing for cities and city planning, let us know in the comments. Was or it a com- if, not, yeah, if you're not, let us <laughs> yeah, know in the comments. Yeah, yeah. Do you think it was a conversation that was had and then wasn't feasible due to budget, other, you know, things that could have happened? Or uh, do you think that that just wasn't a conversation in general because nobody wanted to step forward and make it happen? We don't know. Let us know your thoughts. See you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Nashville Daily. To learn more about today's episode, visit NashvilleDailyPodcast.com. And to stay connected, head to our Discord and you can find the link at NashvilleDailyPodcast.com slash connect. Nashville Daily is now offering tours. If you'd like to take a tour of downtown Nashville, head to the link in the show notes or find out more details at NashvilleDailyPodcast.com. Nashville Daily Podcast is an Explore.Nash production, copyright 2022.